Middle East on the brink, North Korea on the brink, Iran increasing its aggression, elections in Taiwan. Look, there's a lot of global instability as we ourselves plunge into primary season. How have you sheltered your savings and investments from potential major setbacks to the economy? You think it can happen here? It can happen here, but it's not too late to diversify an old IRA or 401k into gold. And Birch Gold Group can help you with that. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. As opposed to many other investments, gold Gold thrives in times of uncertainty. It is an important part of diversifying your savings. Now listen, here's how Birch Gold can help make it a part of yours. Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold. And it doesn't cost you a penny out of pocket. You want to learn more? Just text SAVAGE to 989-898 for a free info kit. S-A-V-A-G-E, text it to 989-898 and you get a free info kit. It costs you nothing. Just text SAVAGE to 989 with an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of happy customers, I encourage you to arm yourself with the knowledge of diversification through precious metals. Protect yourself. Text SAVAGE to 989-898 and claim your free info kit. Protect your savings with gold. Do it now. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Thank you very much. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. We also have in the legislation... Uh, direct payments, which were not in the Republican bill, to America's working families. I would like them to be bigger, but they are uh, significant, and they will be going out soon. So Nancy's giving each one of you $600. Uh, she spends more than that per day on uh, his special ice cream for the elite. But you're going to get that $600, and Pelosi blames all of the COVID deaths on Trump. Wouldn't you think that this woman could grow up and change her act? Do you want to listen to this crap for the next number of years that Trump did this, Trump did that? Every one of their rotten, stinking failures that is coming, they're going to blame on Trump. I I told you it was coming. This is why we hate politicians. This is why the American political political class is hated more than even those of us in the media. Because not only do they say all of the lies that we have to live with, But in the case of these legislators, they actually steal all of the money and give you nothing, gave you a dreck. Welcome to the Savage Nation. This is a special edition. Right-wing shows air clarifications about rigged voting machines after legal threats. That is a big story. That is a big story. It came out yesterday. I'll tell you more about it later. This whole thing about the machines, you're not hearing any more about it. Because shows on Newsmax, Fox Business, and Fox News have begun airing corrections and making clarifications of election fraud involving Smartmatic and Dominion following legal threats by the two voting machine companies. So why are the voting machine companies able to intimidate Newsmax and Fox News? The answer is because the lawyer that they are using one of the lawyers 
J. Eric Connolly, one of the lawyers involved in the Smartmatic legal threat, uh, won a defamation suit against ABC News in 2017 after the network referred to a beef producer's lean, finely textured beef as pink slime. And this lawyer got a payout of at least $177 million. And as you know, networks like Fox and Newsmax rarely issue corrections or retractions unless hit with lawsuits or legal threats. And my friends, you're not going to hear any more about voting machines, software, Smartmatic, or Dominion, truly or falsely. We all know the election was fraudulent. We all know for years the illegal aliens have swung elections in states like California and New York in particular, which is why we have one-party systems, and why most people in these states who are legitimate citizens despise the communists who are running these states. And guess what? The lawsuits have intimidated any discussion of this. It's a lead story. Not going to talk about it. Uh, it's on michaelsavage.com. Also, there is a mutant COVID variant. They're calling it a strain. I call it a variant that may be resistant to the vaccine. I told you about this possibility last March. My last podcast, as a matter of fact, strangely enough or not so strangely enough, which was done when I was on the air last week before I came back for this little one, today's show, and then I'll be on again next Thursday, uh, what is it, Thursday, New Year's Eve day, to round out the year and go on to the podcasts. The podcast that I did last for you, which can still be found, was entitled, Is the Vaccine 100% Safe? That went up on December 15th, long before this information came out. So am I blowing my own horn? Sure. Who in the media doesn't blow their own horn? We all blow our own horns. And if I do not blow my own horn, who will blow it for me? <laughs> now, there's another story I have to tell you about. The Senate's number two Republican said that any attempt by a handful of House conservatives to challenge the Electoral College's results, proclaiming Joe Biden the next president, is, quote, going down like a shot dog. That's quite a colorful use of language for a number of reasons. Leave it to a um, Southern Republican to use a phrase like that. It's so inappropriate, but it's so shockingly vivid that we have to pay attention to it. In other words, any Republicans trying to challenge the Biden presidency from assuming office will be shot down in the Senate like a shot dog. That's all. Next case. Let's move on. In California, Gavin Newsom has appointed the California Secretary of State Alex Padilla to fill Kamala Harris's Senate seat. Uh, as you well know, white males need not apply for anything in the state of California government. Look into that one. In Georgia, where everything is in play and everything is in balance, there's new polling in the highly contested Georgia Senate runoff race, which shows that both Republican incumbents have an edge. Attention, voting machine companies. You haven't done your job well enough because the Republicans are running ahead. You better get out there and make sure your machines aren't working correctly or make sure they are working correctly. Okay? So the Republicans are winning in Georgia. If we win in Georgia, we control the Senate, and fundamentally Biden will be a lame duck president. Democratic memo declares rise of white Christian nationalism is a national security threat. So just before Biden and his team of gangsters take over the country, 
already the anti-white racists, the anti-Christian racists surrounding him are declaring white Christian nationalists as the number one national security threat. If they keep this up, those of us who are not white Christians will join the white Christian nationalists as sure as I'm sitting here. Just as those in Holland put gold stars on their clothing when Hitler came to power and made ordinary Jewish people in Holland sew a gold star on their clothing, and in solidarity with them, the good, the good Dutch people all sewed uh, gold stars on their clothing. It may have been Holland, it could have been Denmark, I'm not sure which country. We will all sew white Christian nationalist patches on our, on our clothing if this racist goon squad under Biden continues to attack white Christians. Gets worse. Biden advisors urge working with China in space. Did you hear what I just said to you? Can you believe this? Before he has even taken office, the fellow travelers of the Communist Party are urging we share our secrets with China for space technology. There's much more to talk about today on the Savage Nation. This will probably be my last broadcast this week because Thursday and Friday are best ofs. Everyone's home with their families as they should be. If you're Dr. Burks, uh, you are traveling with several different groups of different families for their own good. If she just resigned today, she said, she, she said after this year she's going to resign after the little scandal she caused, after telling you to do one thing and us doing another. Uh, but nevertheless, I'll be on the air again next Thursday, December 31st, to say goodbye and then introduce you to what is coming, which most of you know about by now, because I've told you about it for so long, but it's on michaelsavage.com, and I wish all of you would go onto my website right now, if you have a computer, an iPhone near you, because there's the headline. For immediate release, Savage Goes All podcast in 2021, leaves AM radio after 26 years. Expect more edge. The Savage Nation podcast heard on Apple, plus all podcast services. And that begins in January. You can read all about it on michaelsavage.com. I'll continue with the news, views, and reviews, uh, as well as everything else you have come to expect from me. This is not your father's conservative radio show. It is more than politics. It is about food, cooking, pets, cars, boats, films, books, art, science, poetry, philosophy, mysticism, and nutrition and, of course, politics. It's news, views, and reviews that you have learned to trust. The best revenge, I was reading Marcus Aurelius the other night, and I, bet, I, I read this, the best revenge is to be unlike your enemy. Now, it's been transliterated in different ways by different people over time. Gandhi said it a different way. But it is really good advice. The best revenge is to be unlike your enemy. Because if you become like your enemy, you become them. And if you become them, then you become your own worst enemy. Now, I put that up on Twitter the other day, and some very smart people replied to it, including people saying, well, that's why they're your enemy, because they know you're going to say you're going to be unlike your enemy, and they defeat you. That's very smart, and he's 100% right. So you've got to be very careful with projecting a supine attitude towards your enemy. But remember that at the end of the day, 
Strength is the best defense against the enemy. However, the best revenge is to be unlike your enemy. So that's a conundrum. What am I actually saying? You'll have to figure it out. Now, Pelosi boasted about giving $600 to U.S. citizens as though it's a big deal, as though it's significant. It's pathetic. She spends that on ice cream every week, I'm sure. Especially when you compare what they have given to countries like this. $169 million to Vietnam. Uh, let's see. $198 million to Bangladesh, including $23 million to support Burmese refugees. $130 million to Nepal for development and democracy programs. Pakistan's getting $15 million of your money and $10 million for gender programs in Pakistan. Can anyone explain what a gender program in Pakistan might be? Sri Lanka is getting $15 million for the refurbishing of a patrol boat. It's a lot of money to refurbish a patrol boat. And so on and so forth. So hundreds of millions of dollars have been allocated on in the boondoggle known as the spending bill that Pelosi oversaw. It's all graft, it's all pork, it's all corrupt, and they're throwing you $600. How long could you live on $600? I mean, realistically, I'm not a poor man. But even if I were, let us say, still struggling, and I can remember what it was like to be struggling, both as a single man and then as a married man, how much can you do with $600? And tell me what's going to happen after that $600 runs out. Is that going to help the restaurants that she put out of business with her insane lockdowns, which did not have to happen? Do you realize that some of the stupidest people on earth are in politics? Do you understand this? I learned this 40 years ago when I was told by an ac academician who unto herself they're not the smartest people, but they're not stupid generally. An academician said to me that the best and brightest don't go into politics. We have stupid people running everything. They're conniving, and they're dangerous, but most of them are stupid. And they're very dangerous, even more dangerous, because they are stupid. And this is the stupidest thing I ever heard. But it gets even worse, and I don't want to go on to it right, into it right now, because I don't want to get agitated. The phone number is 855-400-7282. Thune sees challenge to Biden win going down like a shot dog. There's some other stuff. Melatonin is used to lessen the effects of COVID. That's a good one. Nanoparticles in Pfizer's vaccine trigger a rare allergic reaction. How do you like that one? You mean there's a contaminant in Pfizer's vaccine? Yes, it's called antifreeze. Nanoparticles, they're selling it. No, why can they say antifreeze? They need me to tell them? The big story is nanoparticles in Pfizer's vaccine trigger rare allergic reactions. Well, the nanoparticles are made up of antifreeze, propylene glycol. Why can't they say antifreeze is used in Pfizer's vaccine? Because you, the stupid people who they're throwing mush to, is liable to say, I don't want to take antifreeze in an injection. But if you think it's only one side of the aisle, I got very, very sad news to tell you. It's worse than that. The White House wants to ease the approval of gene-edited meat. No, thank you, President Trump. I do not want any Frankenstein meat. So both sides of the aisle are filled with grifters and dummies. I'll be right back.
Michael Savage, a host like no other. It is the Savage Nation. If you think things are bad now, most of you Democrats, and I don't mean progressives because you're communists and you all know it, most of you Democrats will be begging for Trump to be back. You'll be dreaming of the day Trump was president, probably by March. This just came out of L.A. George Soros, who is possibly the most evil man in the history of the world, in my opinion. Well, not the world. I'll take that back. Soros is probably the most evil man in the history of American politics. Funded DAs across America. They're all fanatical, left-wing, criminal-loving district attorneys. His name is George Gascon. He got thrown out of San Francisco. He was so bad. He took his machine politics with him to L.A., and he hoodwinked the morons in Los Angeles to make him a DA. Well, he just apologized to the murder victim's family after telling them to keep their mouths shut. He was caught on an open mic telling the family of murder victim Joshua Rodriguez to keep your mouth shut as they protested this vile individual's appearance in Pomona, California on Friday. Video of the interaction, which is published by Bill Malugan of local Fox affiliate KTTV11, saying what I just said to you. A woman's voice later identified as Rodriguez's mother is heard responding, my son can never speak again because he was murdered, kidnapped, tortured, and murdered. My son matters. She later shouted at Gascon as he left. Gascon was elected with the help of millions of dollars from the fanatical, left-wing, secretive, sneaky, verminous billionaire George Soros, who has funded the election of left-wing, communistic, anti-American, anti-Christian, anti-white male prosecutors across the country. The radical policies that they are instituting include ending cash bail, preventing prosecutors from seeking the death penalty, and so on. My friends, the fun has just begun, and you Democrats will be dreaming of Trump's presidency by March 31st. The Savage Nation. It's Savage On Demand. What would you... What would you give to be, for one night, the sum total of that one person that you admire in whatever field it may be, to be them for one night? Would you imagine that? If you could be your favorite sports figure for one day on the field, if you could be your favorite singer for one night on the stage, if you could be your favorite talk show host for one night in front of a microphone, and then suffer through the rest of the day the way they suffer. What would that be like? Is it better to be them or is it better to be you? Well, you have no choice. You're going to be you. You live through these people, yes. So I just posted, um, we'll be live on air today, all 200 stations, so I can drop that from Twitter because I'm live today on uh, all 200 stations. So we're deleting that one. And we're going to put up the press release on the uh, all podcast. The phone number here is eight. What is my number? I forgot. I blanked it out of my mind. Eight five five four seven two eight two. Eight five five four and Savage. I have to forget this number. I've had it transferred to me, by the way, to my domain. But there's going to be no calls on the podcast. So if you want to get on the show today or next Thursday, Thursday the last time, you better call it now if you want to be heard in the Savage Nation. Then you could say, "I was on Michael Savage's last two shows. I was on Mike. I got on Michael Savage's." Next to last radio show. 
26 years is a long time. I've been called radio legend, radio rock star, talk radio kingpin, godfather of Trumpomania. But never forget my mantra, borders, language, and culture, which has set the stage for Donald Trump's political rise and the rise of the entire nationalist movement in America. I gave it a spinal meaning, a, a spinal cord. Never forget that although the communist left has won a temporary victory in the Biden-Harris machine, my prediction is they will so screw things up that by the next election, people will be craving a borders language culture candidate on the other side. Now, already my podcast, the Savage Nation podcast is what it's named, is in the top 2% nationally with hundreds of thousands of downloads for each episode. And there are hundreds of episodes, by the way, that you can go back and review if you sign up. And it's free. By the way, people ask me, does it cost anything? No, it's free, 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 free. It is not a subscription-based podcast. I worked it out so that there'll be some ads, not as many in radio, thank God. There will, there will not, because, I look, I can't do this anymore. The truth is, with my kind of free association, it's been a real challenge to do this. But, uh, all right, it's been good to me. I've been good to it. We're moving on. And with the new podcast, it's going to be with a company called AdvertiseCast. You don't need to know any of that. But the fact is, is that we're going to have ads. And they're going to be spaced so that you don't get, my show doesn't get botched and chopped to pieces. You know what I'm saying? That's how it's going to be. It's going to be really different. And uh, it's going to be more edgy in some ways because there's things I'd like to talk about that I generally avoid in national radio because of FCC constraints. And also, it's a different format than podcasting. But if you're going to tune in and expect me to be wild and crazy, you, don't tune in because that's not what I'm going to be. It's going to be me, but a little bit more of me. And if you've watched any of my, what do they call it on Twitter? Periscope, my cooking shows, where occasionally a, an off-color word pops out as I'm cooking my, my curry or my chicken. I'm not looking to make any... Any, any waves based upon obscenity. I'm not Howard Stern. Howard Stern is just a pornographer. Never forget that. He's a softcore pornographer. And as you know, pornography sells. And you got to hand it to the guy. He figured out a way to sell pornography and make believe it was humor. But the hardest thing to do is sell humor without using pornography. So the fact is, is that you need to go to my website, michaelsavage.com, to stay up to date on my activities, schedule, news, and insights. I will, be also, I will also be growing my fan newsletter delivered by email. You know what the podcast is going to be like. Now, how did this career begin? Well, I don't want to bore you with the press release. It's on michaelsavage.com. But it began uh, 26 years ago in a Marin County studio down in Sausalito. And within a few years, I grew into a radio phenomenon I was the only conservative in San Francisco, and I shocked the Bay Area when I first appeared. People never thought anyone like me existed. And they were flabbergasted when they said, God, you're saying what I've been thinking. I made a lot of friends. And soon I was syndicated on over 300 stations across the U.S. and had about 10 million listeners a week. Never forget that I've been consistent on several important themes, such as borders, language, and culture, Liberalism is a mental disorder, and trickle-up poverty. These are three examples still in wide usage today. This morning, 
in an unsolicited email I received from my attorney, Danny Horowitz, Daniel Horowitz. He said, Michael, here are things you have done to better the world and Cumulus ignored. And he, he let, read them to me. He actually sent them to me. One, you're the only major media outlet to hammer on Iran hanging gay men. Same for ISIS pushing them off buildings. You're the only one who talked about it. Two, you warned against our ports being taken over by Muslims and public policy following your lead as if they were the first to rail about it. It was a quiet news blip until you made an issue of the Dubai port steal, Michael. You saved America from the Arabs taking over security at our national ports. You're the only radio host who supported Trump who regularly criticized him, both on his policies and his lack of outreach to the broader population. You're the only one who both supported him and had the guts to criticize policies which you disagreed with, by the way. What most people don't understand is you can do both. You don't have to be one or the other. You get it? Your recent comments on the vaccine, while critical of it, based upon reason science instead of right-wing nut beliefs. Your uh, erectile dysfunction, dysfunction COVID comment, which will scare the heck out of some people and make them behave safely. And he said, I could write a hundred of these which Cumulus ignored and never fought against allegations against you. But you did all of these things, Michael, and you're a real leader. Never forget it. Well, I don't forget it, but I don't think about it. You don't lay in bed saying, well, I did this and I did that. That's not how the human soul works. The human soul doesn't work by laying in bed and looking at your awards and things that you've done. It's a funny thing about that. People assume that the guy who's successful lays in bed and says, I'm a successful guy. That's not what happens. It's not how it works at all. But I'll, I'll develop some of the psychology of success and failure on my future podcasts as time goes on. You know, we don't have the time to do all of this right now. New Jersey, Bob, line two, you're up on the Savage Nation. Bob, what's on your mind? Go ahead, please. Hello, Dr. Savage. I appreciate you. I appreciate your books, your knowledge, your, your gravitas. I was a policeman for over 30 years. And God bless you. And to you for 20 years in my police car because I had 3 to 11 shift. Hmm. Oh, yeah, when I was on an afternoon drive, right. Yep. Right, right, right. I remember that. Those were great years. Those were the early years. So, Are you retired now? Yes, sir. I've been retired for about a year. So, look, here's the late naked question. Do you know how to get me on a podcast? Yes, sir. I see, I, here's the thing. I assume people don't know how to find me on a podcast when most people are listening to me on podcasts now. In fact, more people listen to me on podcasts than listen to me on radio. That's the most amazing thing, right? Bob, I hope that you follow me into the next year together. We'll move on together because we're going to have the greatest battle of our life coming up, of our lives coming up. We all know that what Biden is already signaling and what he's already doing, he's surrounded by the most anti-American, anti-white, anti-Christian pack of vermin I've ever seen in my life. Thank you for listening all of these years. Marilyn, Susan, line five, welcome to the program. What's on your mind? Thank you so much, Dr. Savage. I have one question I've always wanted to ask you. What was the most intriguing plant that you uh. have ever found traveling through the islands? It's been a question that I've had on my mind forever. I, I can answer that question. I, I, have, I, have, I have a um, mind that can remember 
minute details when, when they're important and forget them when they're not. The most intriguing plant I ever found in all my searches in all the islands, by and large, far and away, it's the plant called Degenaria vitiensis. Now, it, it's not a medicinal plant, interestingly enough, but it's the rarest plant I ever found because it's a monotypic species in a monotypic family, no less. In other words, it's found nowhere else on Earth but in that island, in that place, in that region. Are you yourself a botanist that you're asking this, Susan? No, I'm not. But uh, from listening to you throughout the couple of years, it always intrigued me because I love nature like you do. Oh. Well, you know, if you search the Internet, in fact, if my, if my webmaster, um, Dr. Cunningham, is listening to the show, there's a very famous oil painting of me holding a plant back in the 1980s. I'm wearing a white shirt and I think green or brown shorts, and I'm holding a, a, I have a machete in one hand uh, over my shoulder, more for effect than anything, although we did use the machetes to chop our way out through the forest. I was holding a purple fruit in my hand between my thumb and forefinger. That purple fruit is from the Degenaria vitiensis. It's taken from a photograph which was then painted by a friend of mine, and it's of me as a plant hunter in the 1970s in the jungles of Viti Levu. And again, the, the rarest plant I ever personally found is Degenaria vitiensis. Monotypic species, monotypic genus, monotypic uh, everything. It's found nowhere else on Earth. So does that answer your question, Susan? Yes, it does, and I want to thank you so much for all the knowledge you've given us, for making us laugh, for making us cry, for making us think. <laughs> you know, some people call that bipolar disorder, making people laugh and cry. I call it human life. Yes, it is, <laughs> and also, I said to you one time, I said, you put the most profound thoughts into words. And no, you're, you're, not, you're not a slouch yourself with regard to thinking and, 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 act and reacting, Susan. Susan, what do you do in life? Uh, I'm a sales representative. Well, people don't know the depth, of, the depth of your mind, do they? They have no idea. See, this is what I've said about the extraordinary average person, so-called, out there. What exists inside the average man is hard to fathom. We see the garbage of the world on Twitter, the filth, the garbage, the lowest level of humanity that thinks because it can type and spread hatred, it's smart. But we don't know about people like you, Susan. I hope you're going to follow me onto the podcast because it's listeners like you that have made my life worthwhile. Thank you so much uh, for listening. Now, here's a call I am so anxious to take, and I know we're on a hard break. I just have to jump on this because I thought about it the other day. George in San Diego, thank you for calling. What's on your mind? Michael, I just, on behalf of the Serbian people, I want to thank you for supporting us all these years. I wish I could make you an honorary Serbian. Hold on. You know, I just left the broadcast microphone. To, I'm a little winded. I had to run across the studio because recently I pulled out a medallion that a Serbian priest gave to me during Bill Clinton's illegal, immoral war crime of bombing the Serbian people for, what, 75 straight days during his illegal war against the Serbian people in order to steal uh, Kosovo from the Serbs and give it to the Albanians. You know that whole story, I'm sure, as a Serb, correct? 
Oh, you bet. I was on the radio for those 56 days, I believe. It was the hardest 56 days in the history of my radio career. As Bill Clinton and that piece of garbage that worked for him, Madeline Halfbright, they had the nerve to take our U.S. Air Force, paint out the U.S. Air Force insignia, paint NATO insignias on our airplanes, and mercilessly bomb our World War II allies for 56 straight days. They destroyed every bridge across the Danube River committing war crimes. They killed thousands of people with our bombs in order to make Serbia give up a portion of its territory that they have had since the 1300s. I am the only person in the media who seems to have understood what a war crime this was. After it was over, one day I got a call from the front desk at KGO Studios or KSFO, KGO. Uh, Let me tell you the rest of it on the other side of the break. It's very important. I can't... See, here's what I mean. I could go on now for 20 minutes. I'll be right back. The Savage Nation. It's savage, uncut, unfiltered, and raw. So to the Serbian gentleman who called, thanking me for what I did on air back when Clinton was committing that war crime of blowing up every bridge on the Danube River. And by the way, killing innocent Serbs. He blew up schools. He blew up hospitals. I wasn't the only one in the world who saw it. Madeleine Albright was called a war criminal by the governments surrounding the area. Greece called her a war criminal. It was all swept under the rug by the very same fine people in the media who are now saluting the communists who are taking over the country today. So shortly thereafter, I was at the studio uh, at uh, the WABC building at the time on Front Street, and I had a call from Harold, who has since departed. He was a wonderful guy. He was the uh, front desk guy, and he said, there's a priest here to see you. I said, send them up normally. You know, they wouldn't. And a guy comes up in a really Russian Orthodox cassock. Two of them did. I wish I knew who they were, if they're listening. And he gave me a medallion of Benedict, St. Benedict, which I carry to this day, a Benedictine medallion. You say, oh, well, you're Jewish. Why do you carry a cross? Because in all my years, a Jew has never done anything for me. Not one rabbi in the history of the world, for all I have done, has ever given me so much as a piece of broken matzah. So thank you very much, Serbian people. If you want to make me an honorary Serb, I'd be honored. Let me know how to do it. My community is the Savage Nation, and it's time we got Savage! Look, I don't want to turn this into like a Lou Gehrig and Yankee Stadium uh, deal here, but if that's what it's becoming, and I know many people are wanting to say goodbye, okay? That's the way it is. And I understand that. Believe me, this is a very bittersweet experience for me, and it's something that you have to go through to understand it. But I'm a resilient individual, and I have always found another outlet for my beliefs, my creativity, my intellect, my humor, my anger, my rage, whatever it may be. I've always found another outlet for it. And this is one of those moments. Now, when you say, oh, you're shifting to podcasting, 
That's easy, isn't it? Do you know that I spent over one year to make this happen correctly? Now, my shows have all been on podcasts for over about two years now. Every radio show that I do via Westwood One Cumulus is then put on podcasts, which you have been downloading. So the audience is already used to it on Apple and all the other Spotify, all the other uh, podcast uh, download sites. Okay, so it's not that big a transition, but I had to find a new hosting site. Not as easy as you may think. Many people think they can just go into podcasting and it's like snapping your fingers. It isn't that easy. If you have a small show, there are a lot of great sites that you can have a couple of thousand, a couple of hundred followers. But if you have a large show, it's not easy to find the right hosting site. Then you have to ask yourself, how are you going to pay for it? Now, I originally thought of doing a subscription-based podcast. I, I spent about a month or so, or more than that, maybe three months exploring that. I decided that I want as many people as possible to hear my broadcasts for as long as possible, so I'm making it absolutely free. So how do I pay the four people who are making this podcast happen? Through ads. Will there be as many ads as on radio? Absolutely not. There never will be. There will be about three to four per hour, per show, in other words. That's it. They will not interrupt my train of thought because we will control where they are placed in the broadcast. It's that simple. So when I start to develop an idea, as often happens as I'm thinking about something or talking about something, I have to cut it off. I've gotten used to it. I know how to do it. It's in my blood. Uh, but it's very hard to get back to that idea when you come back out of, a, out of a long break. Theoretically, it should be a lot smoother for me to be able to do it on the podcast. So it's going to be a different change. There's going to be some bumps. I can guarantee you there's going to be some bumps in the road, probably some technical errors. Uh, things are going to happen that may not be expected. But to me, it's starting a whole new career, which I have done before. And uh, I hope to be with you for as long as I can. And that may be a long time, according to what I suspect. And then we'll see where that goes. As I said to you, I've had several offers to do television. And I don't think I'm, I'm going to do it, nor that I want to do it. I do not understand how people can be so avaricious and so hungry and so desperate and so lost and so lonely as to need to do a radio show and then a television show. What human being would want to do that to themselves? I would not know unless they're desperate and broken inside. I don't want to do it. To me, the podcast is enough. Samantha in San Francisco, line two, welcome to the program. What's on your mind, Samantha? Go ahead, please. Hi, doctor. I'm so happy to talk to you. The last time was when I turned 40. It was the best birthday gift ever. I'm a December baby. So okay. I live in a liberal city. Obviously, you know this. And I used to think of myself as a hardcore, lefty, liberal, progressive. But I think you've taught me that I'm just socially liberal, but definitely fiscal conservative. In San Mateo County, we're paying more than 9% full tax. That's insane. And every couple wait, of years... Wait, wait, You live in San Francisco. How can anyone be a social liberal in San Francisco after seeing what Pelosi and Feinstein have done to this city? You're telling me you like the bums and the fact that the city is destroyed? No one likes it. That's what I'm saying. I don't. There's not a liberal left in the state of California who isn't thinking of getting out if they can. I do not know of one person of any, of any means who's not trying to move out of this goddamn state and what they've done to it. They have decimated it. 
I know, and I'm hoping now with Gavin. How can you still call yourself a social liberal when the bums rule the streets? How can you call yourself a social liberal? You as a woman cannot walk in those streets without fear of being molested by one of these bums. And the police have had their hands handcuffed by these social liberal vermin. I don't want to get excited. I'm sorry. My mantra is very clearly posted here by myself. No emotional strain, peace and quiet. I'm not going to, get, I'm not going to let it get to me again if I can help it. If I want to go forward, I have to go forward in a rather calm manner. I cannot let this get to me again. How can a person call themselves a social liberal after seeing what de Blasio has done to New York City, what the left-wing scum have done to every other city in this country when they've had absolute power, and the power of voting machines and illegal aliens to put them in power and keep them in power. How can anyone not see what has been done by liberalism to this nation? All you got to do is look at liberal cities. And you have to understand, many liberals walk around with things that say resist. They haven't seen what the resistance is yet. But let me officially tell you, I'm a member of this resistance, and I will resist until my last breath. I will not readily turn this country over to the communists. And if you think that that's a light statement and it's just facetious, you have no idea what's really going on in this country. Already we can see what the Biden team is doing. We can see by their choices that white males need not apply. We can see that they're racist to the core. We can also see that they're in lockstep with the communist Chinese. Did you see that story today? Did you miss that, hap- th- th- that story? Let's put the COVID strain aside. The Space Force that Trump created will be turned over to spies inside the new administration that want to work with China on future space endeavors. Now, what person on Earth would do a thing like that unless they're in the pay of China? Number two, a memo from the Democrats declares that the rise of white Christian nationalism is the greatest national security threat. Let me tell you right now, if I have to, I will get a patch called, I am a white Christian nationalist, and I'll wear it on my clothing. And I'll make them up for you to wear as well. Just as honorable Scandinavians wore the yellow star when the Nazis made Jews wear the yellow star so they could be easily identified, Uh, Then all of the folks, I think it was in Holland or Denmark, I don't remember, all sewed yellow stars on their clothing so the Jews couldn't be singled out, picked upon, and deported. I will tell you right now, if you keep pushing this lie that white Christian nationalists are the threat to this country when we know that it's gangs from Central America, Chinese spies in the universities, and others that I could so aptly name, the last place on earth you want to go, the last group of people you want to keep antagonizing are the white Christian nationalists because they will show you what resistance really is. So I advise you to not keep it up. I advise you to pull your horns in and shut your goddamn leftist mouths before you provoke a civil war in this country. I guess Jim had to kill some of that because this is a very, very dangerous time in American history. You have seen nothing yet. They are creating a roadmap to a civil war. The Democrats are saying that the rise of white Christian nationalism is a national security threat. 
They're encouraging the Department of Homeland Security under Joe Biden's left-wing fanatics, the Department of Justice under gang members, to dedicate resources to de-radicalization programs aimed at white Christian nationalists. We are all white Christian nationalists today. Never forget what I said to you. You will have to become a white Christian nationalist to save this nation. And if you don't know what that means, I suggest you do the following over the Christmas holidays. Go to a war memorial cemetery and look at all the crosses of all those who gave their lives so that you could be here in this great nation. Everyone who died was a white Christian nationalist to the 99th percentile. That's who fought for this country. That's primarily who fought for this country. That's who is lying in a cold, dark grave underneath that cross. White Christian nationalists. I think I will pause right here because I need to. Back in a minute. Michael Savage, a host like no other. Okay, so the news is Savage Goes All podcast in 2021 leaves AAM radio after 26 years. He says, expect more edge. The Savage Nation podcast heard on Apple plus all podcast services. So wherever you get a podcast, and it is free. I should have said free on the on the press release. We didn't say free. I mean, the most important part of the of the uh, of the press release was left out. It doesn't say free on it. People are saying I'm not paying for a podcast. I'm saying it's free. All right. So the next version, which will will which we will release in January, will say it's free. Make sure that you know. Let's take some callers on the Savage Nation, 855-400-7282. And we have wonderful people calling like yourself uh, from around the country. You could even call from Finland or Norway or Sweden or Israel if you'd like. We even accept foreign callers. You can call from China if you'd like. Uh, any country is uh, a welcome on the Savage Nation radio show while it lasts. I will not be on tomorrow. It will be a, a fill-in tomorrow. Thursday and Friday will be best of shows, which, by the way, Jim, I haven't heard them yet. I pray to God they were good. I don't know who put them together. Jim, did you do it? Probably. Robert did. Okay, he's on vacation, so I can't even ask him <laughs> what's in them. And next week is the last broadcast week, and I am planning on being on Thursday the 31st, but I may be on another day as well, right, Jim? We may come in. The news is... See, the news is not ending. What I gave you today was the reason I came on the air today. I'm trying to tell you that they're already showing us where we're going. They're going to take us on a ride unless we fight with them that we will never come back from. It will be a ride to hell. And they're all going to use the excuse that Trump did it to the country and they have to fix what Trump broke. That is a big lie. Trump was by no means a conservative. Trump was a moderate, middle-of-the-road politician. Never forget that. I want you to never forget what I'm saying to you right now. He has been portrayed in the worst possible manner by these vermin on the left who have been out to destroy this country and everything it stands for for as long as I can remember. Okay, borders they tried to erase. Our language, they've turned it into a laughing stock. Some of these psychotics in the English departments have said that English itself is a racist language. Borders, language, culture, they say there is no culture in this country except uh, white nationalism. So everything that you believe in, 
everything that gave us all of our civilization, all of our inventions, all of our creations, they are trying to destroy and take away from this nation. It's going to be the most amazing four years of your life. Wait until you see when Harris takes over the presidency. I saw the picture of Biden getting the COVID shot, if it's really a COVID shot, and I doubt it. My suspicion is they're taking sugar water for the politicians as a show injection. That's just, I have a feeling about it. How do you know that they're actually getting a COVID injection? They want the sheeple to line up for the shot. And so if a certain percentage of you fall by the wayside, so what? That's the price of doing business. You're nothing but collateral damage to them. Okay, so after they inoculate the chickens in the herd or the cows in the herd and the chickens in the coop, then they go tooth and claw for everything that this country has stood for. And then the frailty of Biden is extremely apparent both before the election and now at this period. He looks more frail than Bob Dole did on that treadmill. I suspect Harris will be president before my birthday. My birthday is March 31st, 2021, God willing. Wait until you see what happens when this left-wing fanatic takes over this nation. If you think that you have been insulted and everything your ancestors died for was in vain, you're mistaken. You've seen nothing yet. Okay, let's go on to the callers on the Savage Nation. There's so many great callers out there waiting to get on the air so they could say they were on this show. Oh, my goodness, Paul in New York. Paul, thank you for calling. What's on your mind, Paul? Yes, Dr. Savage, thank you. For the grace of God, we have you, and we always will. Uh, We had spoken once before. I'm in the restaurant business, and we were kind of laughing about how people were telling you you want to be in the restaurant business. But I thought of all the things that you've accomplished, and you're, you're such a great man. And that's why so many people love you. But there's something had to drive you all those years. And we share something in common, though we don't know each other. I had a brother similar to Jerome. Oh, boy. You have, and I, I, I don't believe that you tap into that enough. And you, you, you had a palmist on the show one day, and I do believe he said that you were going to be moving on to greater things. I don't know if you recall that shit. Well, I do remember that, but he's, so- been, hit and miss. he's been hit and miss on his predictions. That's okay. No one is perfect. Yeah. More recently, I called a mystic over the weekend who I found on my Twitter feed who told me that Jerome was a, that's my brother, Jerome was an advanced being who chose that broken body on this earth in order for me to become who I am. I was, I really, I was floored by that observation. It made me triply guilty for having been the so-called healthy brother, if you know what I'm saying, Paul. Yes, yes. Paul, stay in the line. If you want to talk, I, if you do, if you don't, I'll understand. I'll be right back. Fans of the spoken word, welcome. This is a podcast. Greetings, pod recipients. You are entering the Savage Nation. Read the book. See the movie. So one of the things that I want to do on my podcast that I have not really been able to do much on the radio over all these years I've, I've kind of gone in and out of it, which is the spiritual element. I don't know how big an audience there is for it, nor do I care. But when I wrote God, Faith, and Reason, which remains possibly one of my favorite books of all the books I've written, it was quite almost by accident that it was published, but I don't want to go into that again. 
I think most of you know how it happened. There's things in it that need to be talked about for all of us because essentially we're spiritual creatures. We may think that we're nothing more than a bag of protoplasm. And it's because of the materialistic society that we live in that we have forgotten the spiritual. It's because of vermin like Kardashian, for example. I would say she's the epitome of the worst in the history of the human race. She epitomizes the lowest form of humanity, which is someone of no accomplishments whatsoever, who is held in the highest regard for no reason whatsoever by millions of idiots who have no brains, no soul, and no, no history in their mind. And yet, she represents millions and millions of people around the world. On the male side, it's not misogyny. On the male side, they're people just as low as her. The ab people. The people who think that their, how their stomach looks is the most important part of their being. And so we've lost touch with beautiful souls. There used to be a time in America. It wasn't that long ago that people would say about another person, he's a beautiful soul or she's a beautiful soul. We don't hear that anymore, do we? All we hear is, He's got good abs. She's got a great butt. This is a product of the pornography industry. So when you see Kardashian, think of a, porno, a, a B-grade pornographer. When you hear Howard Stern on the radio, remember he's nothing but a, an oral pornographer, a, a low-grade, high-earning oral pornographer. But the pornography industry has always made a lot of money. So if you do oral pornography, of course you're going to be very popular. Of course you can tell your workers to drop dead when they say you're the stingiest person on the planet without any fear of, of retribution because you're above the law. But are you? Well, I want to talk about spirit at another time. I can't. How can we do all of this today? Let me go back to Paul in New York. Paul, welcome to the program. Thank you. Paul. All right, so you say we share something in common. You had a brother like mine. How long did he live in the household till he was given away? Well, that's the thing. He wasn't. He was. He was <clears throat> born um, a blue baby, but he had uh, severe challenges, and he suffered with um, a lot of psychological problems. And he got picked yeah. up a lot. Now, was, said, okay, you see, but your brother was handicapped but functional. My brother was handicapped and, and not functional, and and he had to be given away when he was a little boy to a, a, a snake pit on Staten Island. If I ever told the stories of what was done to him. And how my mother looked when she come back from those three-hour subway rides and bus rides to get to see him in the hospital once a month. Nobody would want to hear this story. That's how people were treated in, in asylums in those days. The point is, is that we're not disconnected from our broken siblings, are we? Never. No. As a matter of fact, I went to a, um, you know, one of these psychics because I went through a lot. Um, just to preface it all. My family at one point lived in Manhattan. I spoke to my 91-year-old cousin the other day. I believe that they used to dress up the mothers, my grandmothers and the sisters, and shop on Delancey Street in the little shops. Uh, All right. So but wait, tell me about the brother because the time is short. Okay. So <clears throat> my brother had a lot of challenges in that, you know, he, he actually had beaten me one time with a hockey stick, which was bad, and I never told my parents. But uh, and it it all wound up with uh, just too much. My mother spent 10 years in a coma and my father drank himself to death and my brother witnessed it all. And two years later, um, 
he took his own life. Oh, God. He suffered with a lot of mental illness. So I, Marcus, how, how did it affect you, Paul? How did it affect you in a positive way? That's what I want to know. Because we can take the negatives that we are thrown, and it can be turned or transmuted into a positive, which was the point of my story. I wouldn't have told it on the radio. So how, how did your brother's tragic um, birth affect you positively? Well, I, you know, I have to say, I'm still trying to climb up the rope out of that well, but I, I do see the oh, light. Okay, up. I hear you. Um, I hear you. Okay. Well, I, I don't think this is the right place, Paul, family. because I have almost no time. Paul, I have almost no time to develop this discussion. All I can say is I have nothing to say. All I can say is thanks for calling. I really have nothing to say. There's no pat statement to that man's call. Now let's go to the callers other than Paul. Let's go to Oakland, California. Marty, line seven. You're next up. Please keep it as short as you can. Welcome to the next-to-last Savage Nation radio broadcast. Michael, it is absolutely a pleasure and an honor to have an opportunity to speak with you once more before you drift off into the land of the Internet, where I'm sure you're going to have a great podcast, and I will be there to follow you. I've been with you since 1998. Mm. Uh, you know, I, I do think I was going to tell you a little bit about the first time that I, I encountered you. Um, but uh, listening to your last caller, Mike, you know, the, the, it strikes me that your own story about your brother that I've heard many times, it, it, it strikes me as uh, the kind of story that I've heard veterans tell, um, that, that, they, that they lived their lives for the people that couldn't uh, live, mm. live full lives, that they knew mm. served. I know that you're not a veteran. Um, but I will mm. tell you that what I love about you is that you 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 have presented for me for 22 years um, uh, an object of, of of someone who lives without shame, and I really feel that shame is really destroying this country. When I heard you say that you still felt a little guilt, I felt that that's different from shame. But I do feel that 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 you give everything on this program. I've always felt that I've known you because it is not possible to speak for two or three hours on the radio all day, every day, and not be who you truly are. I disagree with you. I disagree. I disagree with that statement. There are people who are complete frauds. There are ambulance chasers who are posing as hardcore conservatives and they're laughing all the way to the bank. But I really don't want to go into it because I said earlier, the best revenge is to be unlike your enemy. And I refuse to become like the ambulance chasers who have so hoodwinked America into thinking that they're such great Americans. It's heartbreaking to think that people are so gullible. Well, anyway, thanks for the kind words. Let's go to West Virginia. Zoe, line six, has a different take on things. Zoe, what's on your mind? Zoe. Hey. Uh, hi, Savage. Um, I just wanted to address the issue that you put up uh, when you talked about true crime and what... Uh, yeah, I once did a show on why women like true crime. Is that what you're calling about? Yes, I am, actually. Yeah. So why do, why do women like true crime shows? Well, I love true crime shows because they show you many times they show you why the person did what they did and then the many times the person is uh caught they're caught and there is 
something about that that makes it good for people that have been in domestic abuse situations. They see that the person, the... In other words, I remember I was talking about Lifetime, the Lifetime channel, the Chick channel, which I watch off and on. I like the shows. Yes. You but it's, it's mainly a woman, a woman audience. And I'm saying, why do women like these true crime stories? They're pretty horrible to watch, women being beaten, raped, whatever. And what you're saying is because the perpetrators in those shows are always getting caught, and it gives you a sense of satisfaction, I think, what you're saying, right? It does. And it also gives you enlightenment into why they do what they do. Many times they you know, show enough of what the person on the other side is thinking so that you can understand. Well, what, do you mean, what do you mean, the abuser? Yes. What, you mean what the abuser is thinking? Is that what you're saying? You like, you like seeing that side of it? They're looking at it. Yes. Wow. They are looking at you, and you are the victim, but how they are looking at you. Yes. Unbelievable. Well, th- I hope you continue to listen to me on the podcast because I intend to do more shows like that as well as politics. Look, the politics are going to be pretty heavy. Seeing what's going on already before Biden has even sat down at the, oval, at the desk, we can see which way the wind blows, and it's blowing so far to the left that this ship of state's going to crash into the rock sooner than, rather than later. But I cannot promise you that it's only going to be politics because there's so much more in the world that exists around the political world that is worth talking about, okay? I, I, could, I could go right now and talk about the Golden Gate Bridge, for example, for about an hour. How did men design and build the Golden Gate Bridge in two years using only slide rules? How did they do so without affirmative action hiring, hiring policies to make sure that the contractors were all of the right color, sex, and orientation? How did they build the Golden Gate Bridge, a span like that, for example? How was the Empire State Building built in the same period in American history in the 1930s using only slide rules? How did we fight World War II largely without computers? What do you know about the use of uh, methamphetamine amongst Nazi soldiers? What do you know about the use of methamphetamine on the battlefield for Hitler's soldiers? And to counter the effects of methamphetamine amongst Hitler and his soldiers, because Hitler was a meth head, he was a big drug addict, what uh, did the United States develop to counter it? It was the amphetamines. The benzodrines were used by our pilots in order for them to fly on suicide missions, for example, and to stay up for three nights in a row. So what we don't know is World War II, to a large extent, especially in the waning days, was fought with stimulants like methamphetamine or speed and, and uh, amphetamines uh, on this side. In other words, soldiers had to revert to drugs in order to fight. But what does that have to do with anything? I don't know. Well, how many of our soldiers need drugs today to function? Why are there so many suicides on so many military bases? What's going on in our military today? Where are we going to get future soldiers from when we have entire generations that have been brainwashed by the Biden left into thinking that we're the evil nation. It's as though they're ready to lay down and give up before the first shot is even fired. Things that need to be talked about. And so let's go now to the uh, other callers. Uh, New York, Lorraine, Line 9. Lorraine, what's on your mind tonight? Go ahead, please. Hey. Hi, Michael. 
Um, I just want to say that I relate so much to what you said about uh, all the people, the men and women who gave their lives. Yesterday I visited two cemeteries, uh, Calverton, out on Long Island. My first husband mm. is buried there. And then wow. I went to Long Island National Cemetery. My second mm. husband is buried there. Wow. And I just looked around at all of these graves and thought, my God, these men and women must be rolling in their graves. thinking. Well, we may hear one day that occasional Cortex and her goon squad may decide that the cemeteries have too many crosses in them, and they may state that the Biden team has to break down the crosses off every war memorial and every cemetery in America. What's going to happen then? Will we, will we do what we did with the mask and say, well, I don't like it, but I'll wear that mask and I'll break that cross? Is that what's going to happen? I don't know. I'm scared. I do know. I do know. As old as I am, I'll get a gun and I'll kill anyone who tries to break crosses off war memorials. <clears throat> I'll put together a team of terrorists if I have to to defend this nation. I can't take this anymore. I will not tolerate any more of this intrusion upon the greatness of this nation, especially the hate, the hatred for the heterosexual white Christian male. I will not tolerate it. I will not take any more of this from the racist vermin who are popping their heads up out of the swamp and the sewers of the Biden administration. Home of Borders, Language, Culture, The Savage Nation. I want to close with a story that came out, which is about, quote, here's the headline, heavily armed far-right mob descends on Oregon Capitol. Now, when heavily armed far-left Black Lives Matter terrorists descended on the Oregon Capitol, the vermin in the media didn't call them heavily armed far-left mobs. They called them peaceful protesters. What you are seeing is only the beginning of what's coming in this country. There has been a growing underground movement, so far as I can tell by reading the media, of patriots, nationalists, fed-up individuals, people who've had enough of the left, that is starting to be seen around this country. The lockdowns are precipitating it, but it's not the final reason for the precipitation of the so-called far right in this country. It's the far left that has precipitated the emergence of the, quote, far right. I have tried to warn you. I've written books. One was entitled Stop the Coming Civil War, published in 2014. I saw it was coming. There may be no way to stop it, but I want to give out one cautionary note. Nobody wins in a civil war. Nobody wins in a civil war. And the Biden team better pull in the far left before it's too late. The vermin on the left better not trigger a civil war in this country because nobody will win. Look at what it's done to Syria. Remember what it did to this nation itself. Remember what that civil war did to this nation and still does to this nation. The only way to stop it is to stop those who are promoting the civil war. That would be far less left financiers like George Soros, in my humble opinion, who have been funding left-wing terrorist groups like Black Lives Matter, the Occupy movements, and the other communist front groups for a very long time. Have a nice Christmas. 
I'm Michael Savage.